Hi, it's Dwyer. Gamblersadvisory.com, a free site. Bettingangle.us, a free site. Let me just segue right here just for a moment to say whoever put these fights together that remain on the calendar for 2023 has given boxing gamblers a huge opportunity, right? These fights, some of them are priced where the favorites are going off at plus 300 and higher. In other words, the casino is telling you on a plus 300 that the favorite would win three out of every four times those two guys fight. I'm just here to tell you that boxing is far more uncertain than that. Right? Call this the fall of upsets. I'm expecting there to be several upsets between now and the end of the year. Right? These matches are very well put together. Whoever put them together took certain styles and said, hey, this favorite would have a problem with this style. And they've put the two guys in the ring. Now, the boxing public believes in favorites. The boxing public doesn't know that an inspired guy with very little experience could hop in the ring with a reigning heavyweight champ could knock the champ down and could land more power shots over 10 rounds. We know that could happen because it just happened. Right? The public doesn't understand that styles make fights. That I can look at two guys in the abstract and say, oh, fighter A is the better fighter, but... Wow, the lights are going out here. But fighter A would have a problem with Fighter B's style. So, in the darkness here, let me try to talk about this upcoming fight between former heavyweight champion, two-time heavyweight champion, Anthony Joshua, and Otto Wallen, a guy who easily could have beaten Tyson Fury had the referee simply acknowledged the amount of bleeding caused by a cut near Fury's eye. Let's talk about it, but first remember, the opinion you should follow should be your own. Just consider this video to be a second opinion from a complete stranger online. I'm going to pretend that my eyes aren't in their 50s and that my notes are clear, right? You can hardly see the notes from this distance. Here I am in darkness trying to read my own notes. Now, boxing blueprints and the ability to follow them are elusive. But I want you to think here about Murat Gassiev, a guy who was unbeaten at Cruiser. He calls himself Iron. You know who his hero is. Mike Tyson. Right? This is a guy who, as you know, is seek and destroy front foot heavy style, volume with power, and the power is two-handed. If he can't hit you in the head like Mike Tyson, he'll hit you in the body. Right? This is a guy who fights more like Mike Tyson 
than does Tyson namesake Tyson Fury. Well, just to understand, he fought a boxer who we all know very well now, Alexander Usyk, in Russia. And, of course, Usyk then, that day, created the blueprint on how to beat Murat Gassiev. Right? Believe it or not, the blueprint isn't much different than what Buster Douglas did to an unbeaten Mike Tyson. Right? Usyk came in. Usyk is showing movement. He is forcing Gassiev to reset, to pick up his feet. Gassiev is following Usyk around the ring fighting to set up a pocket that Usyk won't allow to happen, right? Usyk shooting a jab, Usyk with the faster hands is throwing feints that have Gassiev tentative, that have Gassiev on his heels, right? Folks, this is the same blueprint you saw Usyk use against Anthony Joshua and against Daniel Dubois, right? So Usyk's coming over at angles. He's fainting. He's throwing a jab. He's not diving in and staying in the pocket. No, he's moving, right? There's a cushion between the two fighters, a cushion you and I know a Mike Tyson or a Marat Gassiev would not want to exist, Usyk uses the ring, keeps Gassiev guessing, keeps Gassiev tentative, forces Gassiev to box, doesn't make the fight a test of manhood. Usyk wins the fight by several rounds. Now, the reason we're talking about Usyk's blueprint is that's exactly the blueprint that Otto Wallen used to give Gassiev his second loss. Understand it's that loss that got Gassiev the role of mandatory to Philip Ergovic, right? It's, excuse me, it's Wallen's victory over Gassiev that got Wallen the mandatory status. It's that mandatory status that has him now in the ring with Anthony Joshua, right? Think about it. And this should tell you all you need to know. You know I've been calling Ergovic the heir apparent. You understand that Ergovic got off the canvas to beat Gili Zhang, right? A Valen ergovic fight would have been for a share of a heavyweight title. Just to understand that Valen decided instead to fight AJ. He wants the money. I don't blame him. He's in his 30s. But understand, the money isn't worth it if he didn't think he beats AJ. Because if he fought Ergovic, and if he were to beat Ergovic and get the title, the money would be there. Right? The guys I just mentioned, Zhili Zhang, um, AJ, they all want 
a shot at the title. Whoever has the belt is going to make a lot of money. Understand how ridiculous the situation is, too. Ergovic is fighting on the card. If Ergovic's fighting on the card, if both Ergovic and Valen could get ready to fight in December, why aren't they fighting each other? It's because there's a conspiracy in boxing. It's because everyone in boxing understands that the Fury-Usyk fight has more punch, so to speak, if it's for the undisputed heavyweight title. So rather than have the guys, right, Ergovic and Valen fight for a share of the heavyweight title in December, everyone is going to play nice until Fury fights Usyk. Then, of course, one of these sanctioning bodies, I believe it's the IBF, is going to treat that winner like the IBF just treated Terrence Crawford. And they're going to say, hey, hey, player, you haven't fought our mandatory. We have set up our own championship fight. In other words, the winner of Fury Usyk is going to be undisputed for about five minutes, which, by the way, is four minutes and 59 seconds longer than Jamel Charlo was undisputed when he fought Canelo, because understand, by agreement, the second that fight tipped off, Tim Zhu then became the champion for one of the belts formerly held by Jamel Charlo. But of course, because the fight started with Jamel Charlo in the ring against Canelo, advertisers were able to say, hey, this is a fight between two undisputed champions. Welcome to advertising and boxing. Well, just understand, Otto Wallen is risking a shot at the heavyweight title to fight Anthony Joshua. And the reason has to do with blueprints. He was able to follow the Usyk blueprint in beating Murat Gassiev, who is more front foot than Joshua. Now he's going to try to follow that Usyk blueprint again against Anthony Joshua. And understand, unlike the Usyk blueprint against Gassiev, which was a 12-round blueprint, he now has 24 rounds of blueprint to look at in modeling, channeling Usyk style against Joshua. Now I have in my favorites folder right now on YouTube the first part of the fight between Otto Wallen and Marak Asiev. And you're going to notice Gassiev is coming forward. He wants to pin Otto Wallen. He is throwing big shots. And Otto Wallen, of course, is in the middle of the ring. He's using lateral movement. He's forcing Gassiev to walk into a jab. Sound like Buster Douglas, doesn't it? Right? He's mixing up a back foot with a front foot. He's keeping Gassiev guessing. Now here's the question. 
can he do this against Anthony Joshua, who has his own blueprint? The blueprint to me on how to beat Otto Wallen is from the Tyson Fury fight. Understand, Otto Wallen in the middle of the ring is giving Tyson Fury problems. He's the better athlete than Tyson Fury. He cuts Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury starts bleeding. I'm sure everyone in the Fury part of the ecosystem, that's Bob Arum, that's Frank Warren, right? That's Fury's family. I'm sure all of them understood the urgency. Certainly the fighter did. So what happened next is why Tyson Fury is Tyson Fury. Fury was able to come inside and start roughing up Otto Wallen. In a way, by the way, that he could not do against Francis Ngannou. That's a key moment of the Ngannou fight. Tyson Fury tries to come in and wrestle, believe it or not, Francis Ngannou, who quietly in the ring reminded the champ that he also was a professional athlete, right? Ngannou, big, muscular, strong, was able to grab Tyson Fury, <laughs> Right. Couldn't, you know, Fury couldn't grab him on demand like he did Steve Cunningham, who dropped him, like he did Otto Wallen, who cut him, like he did Deontay Wilder in the third fight, who dropped him twice. Now, the question here, and it's a big question, is, is that... Anthony Joshua. Right? Let me just be unfair here to everyone. I'm going to name some great champs. Right? Is Joshua the kind of guy who can come out like and look up this fight? It's online. The great Lennox Lewis against an unbeaten Michael Grant. Right? We forget that fight. Grant was viewed as a monster. I'm telling you, many people here in the United States thought Grant was going to beat Lewis. By the way, that fight, different time in the heavyweight division. Lewis, dominant champ against an unbeaten up-and-comer. And I believe that fight was in upstate New York or something. It wasn't in Saudi Arabia. There wasn't a big pay-per-view market. Right? You didn't have the money in boxing that you have now. Well, understand, Lennox Lewis wasn't playing that day. Lewis comes out. Lewis, believe it or not, like Tyson Fury at times, is grabbing, you know, holding on to Michael Grant. But it's clear Lewis wanted the early knockout. In fact, like Tyson Fury against Steve Cunningham, Lewis starts fighting dirty. Lewis starts holding Michael Grant's head while he's hitting him with punches. Right now, folks, is that Anthony Joshua? I don't mean to pick on Joshua. Let me say this. I think Joshua beats Deontay Wilder. Right? Because I believe, like Joshua, Wilder likes to wait on boxers. Right? I believe... Anthony Joshua isn't that version of Lennox Lewis.
I believe Anthony Joshua is not the George Foreman who fought Ali in the Rumble in the Jungle, right? I know Foreman lost that fight. I know he said, oh, Foreman punched himself out. Folks, Foreman came out, and it's clear he wanted an early stoppage. He comes at Ali in a way few people did. Right? Understand, Foreman was Sonny Liston's protege. He saw the mistake Liston made in the first fight. He wasn't going to make it. So he is hunting. If you want to beat Otto Wallen, you have to go hunting. You have to do it better than Murat Gassiev did it. You have to use leg speed. You have to literally chase after Otto Wallen. Is that AJ's current state of mind? Keep in mind, AJ was with McCracken, who was Carl Froch's trainer, right? Carl Froch, Hall of Famer, right? AJ then swung to Robert Garcia, who is one of my favorite trainers, right? I've seen Robert literally transform fighters, right? That union didn't work. Then he's with Errol Spence's trainer, Derek James. I thought AJ looked great. Looked great, in my eyes, against Robert Hellenius. Right? AJ has his hands up. AJ looks like he's thinking about defense. But Hellenius had just had a match. And here was Hellenius hanging around. Hellenius wasn't under any great pressure. Right? It wasn't like Hellenius was fighting the Lennox Lewis who KO'd Michael Grant. It wasn't like Hellenius was fighting the George Foreman who fought Ali. Or the Joe Fraser who fights Ali the first time. Right? Hellenius makes it to the second half of the fight, folks. Doesn't Hellenius make it to the seventh round? Right? AJ is trying out boxing skills, isn't he? Right, folks, the bet I'm recommending here, because I don't believe AJ is going to run across the ring and try to roughhouse Otto Wallen, who just beat a guy who was trying to set up a pocket and it was coming after him, Murat Gassiev, right, because I believe Anthony Joshua is actually going to allow a boxing match to break out. And because I believe Otto Wallen knows more about Usyk's style than probably members of Usyk's family, right? Otto Wallen is, he wanted this fight. He is convinced he can beat AJ, right? He had a fight all set up, all ordered with Philippe Ergovic for the heavyweight title. Instead, he's fighting AJ. Right? Otto Wallen is going to come out and he's going to be moving, folks. He's going to be boxing. Now let's talk about the betting odds because they are shocking. They're shocking. If you go to Odds Checker right now, you're going to see that they have listed a fight between AJ and Joe Joyce. And believe it or not, they feel that Joe Joyce would be a plus 125 underdog. 
Right, this is to Joe Joyce, who got stopped twice by Gili Zhang. Right? Odds checker, they list these odds just in case these two guys fight, right? In other words, if something happens to Otto Wallen in training or whatever, and Joe Joyce were to step in, you have a betting line already up. Joe Joyce is a plus 125 underdog, right? Bet $100 to win $125 in profit, plus the return of your $100. Would it shock you to know that Otto Wallen, and let's be clear here. This is a guy who's already gone the distance with Tyson Fury. This is a guy who has already gone the distance and beaten Murat Gassiev. In other words, there's some stiff names on Otto Wallen's resume. Otto Wallen has shown that he can survive against world-class opposition. Somehow the betting spread, according to oddschecker.com, and I admit I haven't seen this line posted yet at my casino, but Otto Wallen isn't a plus 125 like Joe Joyce. Folks, he's not even a plus 200. He's not even a plus 300. He's a plus 320. They're giving him less than a one in four shot of beating Anthony Joshua. The bet I like is Otto Wallen, simply to win, because they're compensating you for the risk. <laughs> I mean, here's Otto Wallen who goes the distance with Tyson Fury, has Tyson Fury bleeding, right? Understand, that's one of those moments where Fury could have lost his title, and there would have been very little outcry. Right? I like Otto Wallen simply to win. I'm expecting Wallen to come in and to think he cannot box AJ. Right? And I'm expecting AJ, who's now with Ben Davidson for this fight. I'm expecting AJ to be tentative in the early rounds. Why? Because wasn't he tentative in the early rounds in both fights? against Alexander Usyk. Doesn't a fighter with volume who is not going to come at AJ? I agree, AJ's dangerous when you come at him. But if you're smart and you realize, hey, I don't have to come at him. I can box him. All I have to do is win the rounds. I don't have to hurt the man. I know the guy hits hard with both hands. I don't have to have the shootout, right? In basketball terms, I don't need to try to get layups. I can hit jump shots. As long as I outscore the other guy, I win the game, right? I don't think A.J. has a George Foreman in him right now, right? I don't think A.J. has the Lennox Lewis who destroys Michael Grant, the Lennox Lewis who destroys Andrew Galata in the first round. I don't think A.J. is that kind of guy. 
He doesn't go looking for you. No, the mindset is you go looking for him. You dare him. And then he takes you out. So, Dillian White is pushing the issue against AJ, isn't he? Right? He's shooting a jab. He's keeping AJ busy. He's coming in. Right? I, I mean, think about the AJ fights. It's when the other guy turns up the heat that AJ then is able to fire back. Alexander Povetkin. I still say Povetkin wins a majority of the rounds. I know the judges saw it differently. The tape exists. We can all be a judge for ourselves. Right? He's inside. He's outside on AJ. He's hitting AJ with shots. It's because he's attacking AJ that AJ is able to throw a nice short punch that changes the trajectory of the fight. You remember how AJ got his title? I believe it was against Charles Martin. Right? Charles Martin is daring AJ to hit him. AJ throws a straight right, drops him, he gets up. AJ throws another straight right. Right? That's what AJ needs. Vladimir Klitschko. Right? Is fighting AJ. It's Klitschko who's pushing the action. Then Klitschko gets dropped. It's Klitschko who gets off the canvas, drops AJ, and is pushing the action when AJ ends it. Right? I think AJ has the same problem that, dare I say it, Cervante Davis has. Right? You remember Gervonta Davis against Mario Barrios, where a boxing match breaks up. Barrios is smart. Barrios is out boxing Gervonta Davis. Doesn't step on the gas to go the extra step deep in the pocket. Doesn't go for the knockout. Is content just winning rounds. Right? I believe... He had Virgil Hunter in his corner, right? They were on the verge of beating Gervonta Davis, who was asleep at the wheel. And then, of course, there was Floyd Mayweather at ringside, who takes Davis aside and basically gives him an Angelo Dundee, you're blowing it, kid, speech. Then Davis wakes up and realizes, man, I've got to get reckless here. I've got to take risks. Now, my point to you is simply, isn't that the situation that Anthony Joshua is in here? Folks, look, I'm not saying Otto Wallen is Ali in terms of boxing ability and movement. But wow, what I am saying is he's going to outmove AJ, right? You remember AJ's plan against Usyk. I know it seems bizarre now. But you remember the first fight. You sat down, you're watching the first fight. Was there a moment in that first fight where you thought to yourself, wow, AJ is trying to outbox this cruiserweight who has just shown up to the heavyweight division? Right? AJ is in here trying to throw counters and trying to win on the judges' scorecards. 
Where's that George Foreman mindset of, hey, I'm the bigger man. You're going to have to deal with my size and my punch. I'm coming in, both guns blazing. You're going to have to catch me. You're going to have to show me that you can hurt and drop me to have a chance in this fight. Right, folks? When did AJ have that attitude over the 24 rounds of fighting Usyk? Because he's going to need that attitude here. If you look at the film, don't look at the highlights because I know that Gassiev Valen fight, you know, Gassiev fans want you to believe their guy was robbed. If you look at highlights, you're going to see the film editor's uh, choice of great moments in the fight. No, sit down with the actual first few rounds of the fight. I know the fight's close. I'm not saying it wasn't close. But style-wise, you're going to notice Valen is moving. Right? Valen, Valen will come in the pocket. Then as Gassius comes forward, right? Valen's not Thomas Hearns against Hagler. No, Valen moves away because Valen understands if this gets to a testosterone contest where we're both trying to knock each other out, I'm going to lose to this student of Mike Tyson. So Valen is in there boxing, right? Valen wants a cushion. Valen is moving. Valen is content, landing shots, then making Gassiev miss. If he's content that way against Anthony Joshua, I believe there are going to be problems. Right, given that Joshua has yet another trainer who's going to be in his corner for this fight. And we all understand, Derek James has other boxers, has a full stable of boxers who he has to split his time with. We all understand that. Right, but all I'm saying is, how certain are you of the style Anthony Joshua is going to use? Tracking Joshua interviews. He talks about how he didn't really understand defense until recently. You're thinking, really? Weren't you an Olympic gold medalist? Weren't you heavyweight champ twice? Right, Josh was just learning defense. It's going to be a big ask to have Joshua, who, big puncher, I agree, as a great left hook that you hardly ever see, right? I agree he has a jab. You saw it in the Joe Parker fight, right? He, he has a pretty good jab. But Joshua is cautious, right? He's the big guy who wants the box. He's not the big guy who wants to put you in a box, right? It's as if Joe Lewis is in the ring and Joe decides he's just going to try to outbox the smaller guy. Right? He's not going to try to knock out Billy Kahn. He's going to try to outbox and win a decision. Right, That's the AJ mindset. Folks, he has a boxer in front of him. Fight-wise, this isn't that long after the two losses to Usyk. Who did he fight? 
Jermaine Franklin, think about that fight. Franklin is diving into the pocket, right? You don't see Franklin on his back foot, throwing a jab, maintaining a cushion, using the ring, right? No, no, Franklin is in front of Joshua. That fight goes the distance. Then you have Hellenius, right? Hellenius, who himself is one of the biggest punchers in the heavyweight division, is hanging around. But yet, that fight's not exactly Foreman-Ron Lyle, right? No, that fight is kind of low action. Joshua's showing you some defense, some head movement. But understand, Joshua moves better than Hellenius, right? He does not move better than Otto Wallen, right? Understand the hedge, too. The hedge is Joshua by stoppage. So if Joshua repeats the Hellenius performance. You're good. He got the stoppage in that fight. Right? You're getting him by stoppage at much better odds than you would Joshua simply to win. But I need for everyone to understand the risk involved. Right? Anthony Joshua is a cash cow for boxing. I believe he continues to be the biggest draw in the heavyweight division, right? A Joshua and Ganu fight would draw a huge crowd, right? In part because fans privately have doubts about Joshua, right? You saw Tyson Fury having problems. You're thinking, wow, you know, Tyson Fury actually has a mobile jab. Tyson Fury actually has a lot of upper body movement. Right? Can, can hide a 6'9 frame at times in the ring. You wonder if Anthony Joshua would be able to do that against Ngannou. Right? I understand if you're a conspiracy theorist, you're thinking, hey, the powers that be in boxing recognize that Joshua is the much bigger name. I need for you to understand the risk involved. If Anthony Joshua wins a decision, you lose it all. Right? I like Otto Wallen here, simply to win. I'm getting a plus 320. I'll hedge the play with Joshua by KO. Right? That's how I see the fight. Understand how these things go. If you get to the seventh round, and Hellenius is hanging in there against Joshua, if Wallen gets to the seventh round, and you're looking at your scorecard, and you're thinking, wow, I have Wallen up here, Possibly five rounds to one. There's going to be panic on the Joshua side of the aisle. By then, you will realize that you've already won the bet, assuming the judges are fair. And in boxing, that's a big assumption, right? But just understand, at that point, you would realize Joshua needs a knockout, right? Joshua needs to come back in the fight. By that point, you're going to have the same dynamic you had in the Tyson Fury and Ganu fight, where people are saying, what? This fight's competitive? How's that possible? Right, suddenly people in the crowd are going to start to get behind the underdog because they'll realize the underdog has exceeded expectations, which in this case are far too low for Otto Wallen. I'll bet the upset here, but understand the hedge gives me a nice cushion, a nice insurance. 
I like Valen simply to win, hedged with Joshua by stoppage. That's how I see it. Let me hear from you. I hope you leave your comments in the comment section of this YouTube video. Thanks for stopping by.